You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Rifters, welcome to the show. Subscribe, rate, and review. Alan Lee is here today. Alan, say hello to the folks at home. Hey, hello to the folks at home. Glad to be here as always. Just got out of bed. And uh, you know, that's the life, right? Keith are, you, are, you in, are you enjoying the Zoom shows or do you miss the radio station? I miss the radio station, but I've got used to the, to the uh, Zoom. And like I said, uh, being lazy as I am, like I said, I just start having my eggs right now, my breakfast. And, uh, and I like to say I'm sitting in a comfortable chair at my writing desk here. Yeah, uh, my new writing uh, keyboard, which is uh, an old, it looks like a 1930s keyboard, but it's actually completely Bluetooth. That was kind of cool. So I'm sitting, I'm very comfortable. So this part I love. Now, I, I prefer the, uh, the station though. Yeah, I do too. I, uh, but I like the Zoom because the Zoom is fun for people who can't get to the station. But like, I, I miss like, just going to the station and like they're that in, intimate atmosphere, you know what I mean? And then we would talk before the show, you know what I mean? We would do their research and stuff. So yeah, why don't you? I tell you what. Why don't you, why don't you just do for uh, the whole uh, audience? Why don't you give them every fucking secret about the uh, how this whole, whole process is? <laughs> That's what we do. We sell secrets. Yeah. We sell secrets on the on the Zoom. You know what? My surgery went well. Thanks for asking. Oh, how'd your surgery go? Oh, it went well. You were, you never like. I called and texted you on Tuesday night. And I, I was I, like, I, I didn't know because you I was like, me. Alan, I just want you to know if I die, I love you. No, no, no. I you love to me on red. No, 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 no. That's not true. Holy Lord! You had that blood clot. Um, blood clot. Uh, wait, what? Blood clot. No, it was a uh, it was a hydrocell. Oh my god, shit! I fucked up. I thought it was a blood clot. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're well and alive, and you made it. I knew you would. Yeah. The doctor said that it's such a rare surgery. He's only done 19 of them. And I was like, oh my god. He's like, yeah. And two of them uh, are no longer with us. You said that? Yeah. I was like, holy lord, that makes oh, me feel scary. Well, you know, I ten percent failure rate. Love it. Well, some of these doctors, you know, they're kind of they're, they're sadists. I think now that they have, they kind of have to like be honest with you because, like, you know what I mean? Because they they're like legal. Yeah, I think legally they have to be honest with you. Huh. Well, all right. Well, we got a great show coming up. Uh, our guest today, uh, you've seen him on Comedy Central, Real Rob. Uh, he's also on that that show. What's that show that you said you saw him in? Gutfield. Gutfield. He's also a regular on Gutfield. The great Jamie Lysol is going to be here, and uh, he's going to rift with us. So I'm excited. He's at the Ontario Improv this weekend, so it was nice that we got Ooh, him. That's because he's usually in Alaska, and right? he's like touring with Rob Schneider. Yeah, and you performed there many times. Ontario? I don't know about many times. I think uh, five my entire career. No, five is five. That's five is five. Mm-hmm. You know what? I miss, I, I miss like doing Vegas. I want to do Vegas again. Remember when we went to Vegas? That was fun. No, no. I, I, I'm going. I'm planning on going to Vegas, but not for comedy. I'm going for the buffets. Um, do you think the buffets have like strict... Uh, like what you go on, like uh, with COVID, like the whole strictness. You no, know, they they stopped, and uh, everyone walks up there. They don't have a mask. It's amazing. You should see this. Yeah. They don't. No, they're kind of like you know, because like I was talking to my friend. You know, the thing about about the danger of any buffet is that when you pick up that ladle or you pick up the you know the, the spoon to put the food in, if you're not paying attention to your hand, say you have fried chicken or something, and you go back, sit down. You've touched a spoon that has been touched by a hundred people and it's all on your hands, the germs. So when you bite into that, people have gotten sick. They've gotten yeah. sick from that because they didn't, like one guy that reviews it, he actually puts on gloves like a doctor, like surgical gloves. 
Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. Yeah. Do you think that, 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 that like, I'm up for that too, but I think that people will forget to do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, up to, it's, it's an individual thing. They, they're not, oh, no, they're not mandated. Oh, you mean like you go, you got to yeah, yeah. bring your own freaking gloves. They're, they're not, they're saying, hey, we want you to come eat. You yeah. get sick or something, screw you. As long as you pay money to our establishment. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, that's, called, that's called capitalism. Oh, man. That's called the American way. You know yeah. that. Yeah. You, want, you wouldn't want people to come to your show and say, uh, oh, we don't, we don't need to pay and we don't need to wear gloves and shit. You know, you, you, I know you wouldn't like that. A lot of people come to my show and they say, oh, I don't need to pay at all. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, here's the thing. When I first started, I did give out a lot of free tickets. That's right. That's but then, right. like, the older I got, I stopped doing it because I think people now are too um, – I don't want to say cheap, but I think they're cheap to uh, pay tickets because they expect something for free all the time. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean the like entitlement, like like the like yeah. the you grew up with. You think that that uh, you're entitled to stuff that normally we pay for. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say the whole audience is like that, but uh, you know they're your audience. You gotta treat them right, man. You can't complain and you can't denigrate. Uh-huh. Them bugging them and saying, hey, you know, it's not for free and all this. You got to you gotta be the mellow self that you are. You can't go into that. that Jamie's thing. here. Jamie's hi, coming hi, into hi. the Zoom. Hi, right, guys. We're going to talk to Jamie Lysol right now via Zoom. Lysol? You, that sounds like the spray. Is it- what, he said your last name like the spray that, that stuff that the you spray your... Hi, hey! What's hey, going Jamie. On? How's it going? What's up, y'all? I like We're- that. We were arguing about how to say your last name. I said Lysol. Is that my right? Uh, so here's what's weird. Um, it's Lisso. Lisso. I knew that was going to happen. But dude, maybe I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, on this, uh, I was on this radio show for five years with this guy. Uh-huh. And he said, and he called me Lissau. Right? And so my mom would go, oh, you should tell the guy how to pronounce your name. And I was like, okay. And so I go, oh, hey, it's Lisso. And the guy was like, okay, anyway, we're on with Jamie LaSalle. And, and my mom was like, you should tell him how to pronounce your name. And I was like, oh, I will. And I did it one more time. And then he just called me the wrong name for five years. Oh, day. my God. That sounds like me. Because, like, one of my best friends is Angelo Zarukas. And for, like, 10 years, I've been calling him Angelo Zazarkas. <laughs> That's the long Which I think is better. That's <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Right. That's pretty good. So, uh, Jamie, let's get the awkwardness out of the way. This is Alan Lee, the trusty sidekick. Thank you. Glad to meet you. Nice to meet you. And uh, I came running into you on uh, because I watched your dry bar special, and I got I'm gonna I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. You're my new favorite comedian. Ah, come on, dude. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, like I thought it was so funny and so smart, yeah. and uh, I really did enjoy it. That's very nice of you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for doing my podcast. Yeah, man. Do that dry bar for anybody that doesn't know what it is. So it's like you obviously know, but for your listeners, it's like a it's filmed in Salt Lake, outside of Salt Lake. It's like super Mormon. Uh-huh. You have to be incredibly clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they send you a video that's like you shouldn't even say like, oh my God, right? And they were like, you should, it was like really, and they were like, you can say whatever you want, but we're just trying to like help you out. That's what the crowd will like if you're cleaner. I was like, okay, I think I could do that. And so then we were on this call and they said, "Um, what do you want to call your special? Like, what do you want the name to be? And it was like a bunch of people on the call and I go, uh, I go, what if we call it Jamie Lisso tries not to say fuck? And, uh, they're like, no, dude, we can't. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. You can't call it. And I go, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just kidding. And they go, what else can we call it? And I go, could we call it, um, what if we call it, is it Mormon here or is it just me? <laughs> and then we, and they didn't like that. And so we ended up just calling it whatever. I don't even know. I think they called it like something awesome or something. So we ended up going with that. See, if I ever have a dry ball special, I'll probably name it. These uh, Mormon fuckers won't let me name what I want to name it. <laughs> It's not gonna fly. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. 
but I, I wanted to ask you like the pros and cons about a dry bar because my friend Bill Dwyer did a dry bar special and he said that it really helped him, but he also said there's a lot of cons to it. What, what were some, what was his number one con? I'm curious. Well, he said that it was, a, it was a really weird deal because like they would pay for you to, uh, to film it. And then they wouldn't pay you until they got their money back or something like that. That is true. So right. yeah, they basically, it's fine. I, there are, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite con about the drive over for me, it's kind of worked out. So basically you don't have to put the up, it's kind of a pro and a con at the same time. So you don't have to put up your own money. Like if you were to film your own special, it could cost you $50,000 to film your own special by yourself with your own crew and everything. And yeah. then you got to get your own audience and you have, I mean, it's really complicated. And so then you'd be down like the, your starting money. And then even if you're getting hundred percent of the money, you got to pay yourself back like your 50 grand. And with dry bar, it's this very like beautifully running machine where like the audience is coming. They know what to expect. It's already set up beautifully. It's lit beautifully. There's not going to be any mistakes. So yeah, they do. You do like when you get your money, they pay themselves off first for the production. But I would say, I don't think it's that much money yeah. for production because they already have it set up. I think it's like 20 grand. I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this. <laughs> I feel like it was like, uh, like if, let me show you some of the documents they gave me. Um, I feel like it's pretty fair. You know, and like um, what I did was, I would say if you have a special, like you have one hour of material that you absolutely love and you want to like put it out, I don't know if I would do it on dry bar. I might do like my own, like something kind of separate or whatever. But if you have an, uh, if you have like, it's, I think it's only a half hour. If you have a half hour of like super clean jokes that could be used just kind of for that, I think it's amazing because yeah. it's something that I might not do on my, what I did was I got divorced and I lost so many jokes when I got divorced, cause I gave her, you know, you lose half of everything. She took the punchlines and I was left with just the setup. <laughs> which, uh, which not, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I lost so much material. Cause yeah. it was like, I married, you know, and like, you know, I'm not. And so I go, let me just do all my married. I actually pretended I was married yeah. the special, and I was divorced, but I go, let me just get all these jokes going. And then my only con for dry bar, which I don't think is that big of a deal is that like, I'm walking through the mall one day with this guy, Josh Sneed. He's another comedian and he has a dry bar. And this couple comes up to us and they go, are you guys, Jamie and Josh from dry bar? And we're like, yeah. And they go, Oh, we love your, what are you guys doing in town? We all oh, were doing a show at the, uh, the thing or whatever. And they go, Oh my God, we can't believe it. And so they bought tickets and they came to the show and Josh was going first and I was going second. And he did a joke and he said the word ass. Yeah. And they angrily walked out. <laughs> so like, that's the only thing is like people, people think you're going to be like that clean. clean yeah. And then you go and just do like, your, it's like that Bob Saget thing. You know, you hear that he was like the dirtiest comic and he was like America's yeah. Funniest Home Movies guy. There was a little bit of that, but I mean, it's okay. It doesn't happen all the time. And it's kind of funny how to, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> Well, my, my dry bar special would be terrible because like I have Asperger's syndrome. So I talk about that pretty much 40 for 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so I don't think I could get away with it because they'd be like, Hey, you're cursing. I'm like, no, I'm talking about right. autism. Right. Right. <laughs> I know that was tough. Cause it is definitely like, if you did it, you would have to do like kind of a different set than what, what is really you. So that's, yeah. so that is right. something to think about. I love those guys though. The driver guys are, I feel like they're very fair and very upfront. And when you, I didn't, I don't, uh, you know, you get like contracts and I'll just, I usually just sign those without reading. And, I think every uh, comedian does. Right. Like there's yeah. like, he's like, Oh, just, I'm sure it's fine, but they're <laughs> very fair. I feel like they're really good. And the guy, uh, Keith Stubbs, who was involved with dry bar, he, and he owns like a bunch of great clubs called the, you know, like uh, wise guys up in Salt Lake. He's a really fair guy. I don't know. Whenever I get like a little bit of money from it, I'm like, oh my God, hell yeah. You know, it's like a little, little bonus. Yeah. So they, they really do a good job. They're, they're pros. Speaking of money, I was thinking uh, we got to get you on Cameo. I think you would be great on Cameo. Dude, you're not going to believe this. I I've been talking to those guys for like months and I just can't make myself. I just keep forgetting to do the introductory video. Oh my God. I was like, going like to say, we, I would totally we, buy cameos from because you're my new favorite comic. 
You get free, you get free ones, man. I'm throwing that out to you. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I could get you on cameo right now. They just we I just talked to them and they like whatever approved me and all I have to do is film a thing and every time I go to film it I'm like ah, I look like shit or I'm not funny right now and so I, I got to get on that dude I'm gonna I'll do I'll try to do it today before the show yeah okay. that what is the bad that is the bad sign if like you you because you know you want to film those things when you're in the mood so you know the customer gets what they want then if you're you're like ah. <laughs> I would love I learned almost everything that i do from i tour with rob schneider sometimes yeah it's been a minute but we did like a really big tour that dude he probably will never be on cameo because he wouldn't want to charge the money but he loves like if he um i love this move he does if he's talking to somebody if he's selling merch or something and somebody goes um i love you so much you know my mom wanted to be here but she's couldn't make it out she lives an hour away he'll go what's your mom's name and they go like, oh, Matilda. And uh, he grabs their phone and he presses record and records a message for their mom. He does, oh. it all the time. he does it all day long. He does it at supermarket. And so I do that all the time. I started doing that. to I do the same thing. I love it. Like, I love making these little videos for people. Like, it's just, I don't know. I really, it's something to do. And um, so I got to get on that shit, man. What do people, I don't know what to charge though. You, know, you got to figure out like if someone's a big star. Well, I, I charge 15, uh, but I'm a nobody. So, I mean, you know, that's that. And I do pretty good on the cameo. Do you do pretty good on the cameo? Nice, man. Yeah, what is, so, so they so they go like, what do they do? They go like, oh, this this guy, you know, like this guy's a fan of yours. Could you say hi to him? Or do they say it's his I birthday? Get, I get a lot of breakup requests. Like, break up with my uh, boyfriend oh. and girlfriend. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So like one, one like uh, I was like, oh, John, this is a from uh, your girlfriend, uh, Julie. She wanted me to say, hey, uh, it's over because she's fucking me. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so, the whole market that you yeah. made for yourself. This is more. This is better than Cameo, dude. <laughs> so, so it's a great way to get rejected. Thank uh, you, Cameo. I could have used you about a month ago. <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's interesting that you bring up rob schneider because i have a weird uh rob schneider story which i think you think will think is hilarious all right hit me with it okay so i toured with norm mcdonald for about eight years and uh norm and rob were really good friends and i i told norm like because you know at the time i was writing on his podcast and i was just starting this podcast and he's like yeah, hey, you should get celebrities on your podcast, you know? I was like, yeah, I would love to get Rob Schneider. He's like, I'll give him a call. So he takes the phone, right? And, uh-huh. and he dials. The phone rings and Rob Schneider picks up. He's like, hello? Norm takes him off speaker. He's like, hey, Keith, he doesn't want to do your podcast. You're not a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I was like, oh, my God. And then Norm goes in the, in the phone. He's like, Hey Rob, uh, will you do my podcast? <laughs> oh God, that's unbelievable, dude! Yeah. You must have—I didn't know you toured with Norm for that. Like you knew him. That is so cool, man! What a yeah, he was my best friend. So yeah. Oh my God! And man. then when he died, Alan got promoted. Okay, well, <laughs> however you get into his shoes, <laughs> whatever <laughs> sandals. <laughs> Where uh, was Alan when Norm died? Does anybody know where he was? Yeah, I know. That's uh, what a great dude, though, man. What just a special, wonderful, what a special guy. guy. Yeah, and he was. And the the cool thing with me is like I thought it was the best job because no one was funnier than Norm. No one, I don't think, ever will be funnier than Norm. Agreed. So the fact that I got to open for him and learn stuff, you yes. know, I I just I feel very blessed just on that. You know, so cool, man. He's just. Yeah. A, just he did everything right, and even that special. Oh yeah, like it's like the perfect ending to this beautiful story. Like it's just it's mysterious and crazy, just like Norm with no crowd, and he's doing a special. Someone calls him in the middle of it. He tells him he's got to call him back. Like <laughs> I, I keep wondering who was the one who called him. Like I, it was I either was me. Yeah, it was either me or it was uh, either um, Jeremy McKernan because we were both his openers at that time. It's so, Schneider because he would have ignored it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I will say one thing about Schneider is I do know that uh, 
because I knew he had cancer. I knew Rob was one of the ones who knew he had cancer too. Because mm-hmm. Norm totally told me he Schneider. So, but I, I wanted to ask you about your radio days because you started off in the radio, yeah. and I don't I don't know if this is true, but I heard that you have a a Dane Cook story where he hung up on you during an interview. Oh. Yeah, how the hell? Oh, I remember it. Oh, so, so that's true. Okay. <laughs> it is true, but I have not thought of it since that day. And I'm not even kidding. I have not <laughs> thought of that since that day. So Dane Cook has a lot of haters, right? I love yeah. that. Dude. I love Dane Cook. He was one of the first comics I ever saw in LA. And they go, um, he hadn't done a half hour special yet. He hadn't done anything. And they go, this guy's making his television debut on Letterman next week. He's trying out a set. And Dane went up and just like, destroyed the whole room and i was like oh my god like what is happening like he was so good and then um i was on this radio show with this guy brother wheeze and uh he's like this old guy and um i could tell you five hours of stories about brother wheeze of a sip i i might tell you the greatest one ever that i've never said out loud i might just say it so (laughs) he's like a super old guy that like in order to get to sleep at night he takes some xanax he wakes up a little bit groggy he's not like the best it was a tough time in my life. I love this man. I do love this man, but it was a bit of a tough. I was the sidekick. Right. You were like Alan. Yeah, I was like Alan. Exactly. So, <laughs> and so, uh, Dane, you know, we interviewed comedian. That's how I met Schneider, by the way. Oh, maybe I'll tell you that story. He just called into our show. Crazy. And then I ended oh. up being on a TV show with him. Right. It was nuts. So I'm very grateful to this uh, guy. I don't like very much. Uh, Brother Reese. And, and he, um, can you edit that part out? The uh, be too honest. I don't know what's happening. I had a cup of honest coffee or something. So, <laughs> so Dane Cook calls to promote a date that he's doing in our town at a theater. And I'm psyched. I'm going to go. We're talking to Dane Cook. This is amazing. Um, I just messaged Dane Cook a week ago about something he did on Instagram because I loved it so much. And um, he's a good dude. And so uh, he calls up and uh, Brother Weez goes, hey, Dane, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. And Brother Weeze goes, uh, I just want to bring something up, man. I know you're doing the show. We'll get to that. I want to bring something up. I just saw this article today online. It's on the front page of Google. And it says the 10 shit. Oh, it was the 10 most overrated, unfunny comedians of all time. And you're number one, Dana. Because you're number. <laughs> he says that to the first thing he says to him. And he's like, he goes like, why would you, why would you bring that up? He's like, I don't know. We just, I just saw it and I thought you were, and I think Dane was like, you know, just fuck that. He just like hung up. He's like, I'm not doing anything. You bring up. Why would you, why would he bring that up? He just used to do like crazy things like that. Yeah. And make people mad. And I felt so bad. That, and that wasn't the first time. Like I remember when Schneider called, um, he was promoting a date in town. And what happened was I ended up jumping on the date with him and opening for him it, from the phone call. He goes, Who's the guy in the background? I was like, oh, I'm a huge fan, whatever. He goes, come do a set. That's how I met Rob. Yeah. Um, but I remember one guy on our show, the producer was like, oh, Rob, I love that bit you used to do about the different ways you can use the word dude. You know, I used to love that bit. And Rob's not one of these guys like, oh, I'm not doing it. He'll do whatever you want. He'll say you can do it. He'll uh, he'll do whatever it is to make you happy. And so Rob goes, I'll do the bit for you. And, and this producer's like, oh, my God. And he's like, dude, can mean so many things. He's like, it, you know, it could mean surprise, like dude or it could be like oh you banged my girlfriend dude it's this hilarious bit right yeah he does two seconds of it and and the host guy's like anyway rob will be performing <laughs> he just cuts him off a third of the way into this classic bit that this guy had request he just he just always kind of like didn't uh he didn't quite get the he couldn't read the read the room that good and all yeah. that mad at us he might have had asperger's too it's possible <laughs> I tend to do that, but I always do it in a funny way. Like I, you know, like I wait for the moment. Like I'd be like, "Dude, Rob Schneider's performing tonight." <laughs> I I wanted to ask you, like, um, because you also produce comedy shows. Uh, what was that like uh, transitioning from comic to writer to producer? Because I don't really know what a producer does. Dude, if you ever find out, please let me know. Okay. Because, uh, it, in in um, television writing, a lot of times it just means 
because I wrote on Man with a Plan with Matt LeBlanc. I think that's what you're referring to. And I was a producer on that show. Yeah. On, in that world, a lot of times producer just means like there's levels you go in at. So like there's like, a, you know, you have your like story editor and then you have like, a, you know, these guys. And then as far as the writers, it goes like staff writer would be like level one. And then it would be like, uh, I guess you'd be like a co-producer. It's almost like levels of writers. Right. So like I got thr get thrown the producer I, just because it's almost like a pay rate and also the sometimes just the order in which you get assigned an episode. Huh. So they'll go like executive producer will write the first one. You know, if there's if there's showrunners and they want to write an episode, they'll be even before the EP. Then it'll be like producer, co-producer. I think I'm missing one, but then staff writer. But on that show, to answer your question, I didn't produce shit. I just <laughs> wrote on the show and they called me a producer. Yeah. <laughs> jokes like everyone else you, you ever see like uh like a, some hot chick at a party and you're trying to impress her and you're like oh i'm a you know you don't want her to know you're like a huge yeah. celebrity or whatever so you say hey i'm a producer yeah yeah and, and then uh you know you hook up with her and then she sees you at the grocery store and you're like oh no i'm a i do the produce <laughs> i'm an executive producer <laughs> Thanks for shopping at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good job, man. I, was, I, I did actually produce, um, like I just did this, uh, we, we did this movie, me and Rob Schneider wrote this movie during the pandemic and we ended up actually getting money and getting it filmed and getting it. It stars Adam Sandler's wife. Oh, Jackie. Uh, Jackie and she's just, just knocked it out of the park. She was so good. Norm was supposed to do it. And before, it was right when he was sick, man. He was supposed to, that was that's a sad thing that we couldn't get to get him and see him one last time. That that makes me sad that we couldn't make that happen. But that that movie I actually did produce, which is like you just do everything anyone needs you to do. So like you have to make sure, you know, if we need this car on the set because this guy drives it, you have to make sure like the car is there. Yeah, if if something falls through with catering, you jump in and do that. If someone needs to run lines, you go run lines with that person. If someone needs a joke, you run in and write a joke. So like I did produce on that movie. That's a, it's, it's a, it's sort of like you're like the catch all guy. Yeah. Solves whatever problems there are. And then you also handle the fruits and vegetables. <laughs> the you, you know, the thing about Norm is like, I don't think, uh, I don't think Norm had, I mean, even though he was an actor, I don't think he really wanted to do movies and stuff. Like, that was not his thing at all. He just wanted to do stand-up. You know what I mean? Yep, and, yep. And it doesn't seem like all the stuff he did was to hang out with his friends. Yeah. Like, if you look at every movie he did, it was him and, like, a bunch of buddies. It's, like, Sandler or... Yeah. He was in our TV show, and it's the... I wasn't in the, in the scene with him. I was standing behind a camera. And I have never... I have never ruined a take by laughing in my whole life. <laughs> And I was, I was literally crying. I was like, tears were, he was ad-libbing in the scene. And I was, I, I was crying like I was like sobbing. Like I was like, <laughs> was, he just like said the funniest thing. He, we were talking about like a vasectomy and him and Rob are talking and Norm's making it sound awful. Right. He's, he's like, ah, oh, man, you're getting a vasectomy. He's like, ah, oh, they give you a, they give you a shot, you know? And it's like, uh, it's like uh, right in your balls, you know? But he's like, don't. <laughs> They give you a pre-shot and you know, so it doesn't hurt as much. And Rob's like, Oh, that's good. Where do they give you the pre-shot? He's like, Oh, that's in your balls too. It's uh <laughs> and on one take, Norm goes, um, he goes like, Oh, you get a shot in the balls, but don't worry, you get a pre-shot. And Rob goes, uh, Rob oh. goes, where's the uh uh he goes, Where's um, where's the pre-shot? And Norm goes, That's ah, fine. It's uh they do they put it in the eye of your cock. <laughs> Dude. I left. I was laughing so hard, and I was like, "But you don't want to ruin it, you know?" Right. Oh, was that your phone? I hope you you didn't miss something it was, important. It was not. Sorry, not my phone. Oh, it was Alan Lee's phone. Oh, bugger! <laughs> I was going to be like, I'd feel really bad if Rob Schneider's calling you right now. I turned. You know, it's funny, man. When I started this podcast with you, I turned my phone off of Do Not Disturb because I was like, Schneider will probably call me. Because we talk a lot, and I was like, I'll just answer it, and we'll talk to him if he calls. <laughs> that would be great. I do that on stage sometimes. I leave my phone on, and if Rob calls, I answer it, and I go, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm doing a show. <laughs> I go, you want to do a joke? And Rob will do a joke and then hang up. Yeah. I do that now and then.
uh, Norm called me a couple of times on stage and like I do that. And then he'd just be like, oh, call me after you bomb. <laughs> so I don't know. But um, I also wanted to ask you about Star Search because you came on not the original Star Search, but the remake Star Search. So I wanted to, so like, what was that experience like? Because I felt like the original was a big powerhouse for comedians and it seemed like the new one didn't really catch on like that. Yeah, they decided that I was not a star, basically, and they weren't searching for me. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I had just done Montreal, and um, I did like a five-minute set on Montreal at the New Faces thing, and like that's, I did that on The Tonight Show, and then they just called and said, do you want to like do the, the set on Star Search? And I was like, okay, I don't know. And so I had a bit of a weird experience. Like I felt, I had just done the set on Leno, and it did really good, and so I went in there, and they like moved all my jokes around. And I was like, guys, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be okay. Like I just did this. <laughs> Benjamin <Okay>. Brad laughed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This has been approved by the damn tonight show guys. But they <laughs> my set a lot. And um, I did okay though. I, I lost to Alonzo Bowden. Holy Lord. Who's a great comedian. And so I think I lost him by like half a star or something. Uh, well, then, that, that's a good loss though, because he won a last right? comic standing. Yeah, yeah, not bad. You know, it's, it's a it's a tough show. You're doing like 90 seconds. Yeah, You're, you got to like get in and out. Now, do you think that that's like really hard? Because I've never done a TV sh uh, thing like that. But when I do stand up, it seems like you could take as much time as you want, even though if they say you only have 20 minutes, you could take that 20 minutes and make it, you know, like a, a smooth 20 minutes compared right. to, hey, you have 90 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny you said that, man. I just did, um, I do this show Gutfeld every like couple of weeks. And um, I, and you normally do panel and you sit there and make jokes. And they said, do you want to do a stand-up set? And I was like, hell yeah. You know, there's, it's, it's got a pretty good viewership, like 2 million people. I go, yeah, let me do a stand-up set. And um, I did it and it was like, it was really, it was really fun. Like I, I was actually one of the best sets I've ever had, like on TV. I was like really comfortable. And um after the show, I, you know, I was, I went on the internet. So people to read nice things. So I thought people would say about me. And, um, it was kind of weird. Like a lot of people said, like, it was a funny stuff, but they were like, oh, but we kind of like when you're, um, on panel, cause you can like stretch out and like, it just seemed like too abbreviated. And after reading all the comments, I was like, you know what, man, I don't think I want to do stand up on TV anymore. <laughs> a half hour. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Cause I don't think it's like, it really shows. You know, there's comics like that, like Brian Regan. If you see Brian Regan in five minutes, he's great. If he does like a Tonight Show, if you see him do an hour, it's like a different guy. That guy, his hour is like this beautiful journey, and it's like this wonderful. And on the when you do like five minutes on a show where like they were just interviewing people, and you're like, oh, here's stand up now, and the crowd's like, what's happening? Yeah. I just, I, I decide, I really, I mean, maybe I'll go back on this and I'll be a liar, but I decided just like yesterday, I'm like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing sets anymore. Like I'm not. I'm not going to do like late night five minutes sets anymore. I'm going to do, I'm going to do an hour and I'm going to try to do like a special or something. Like I would love to do that. But I was like, I think I need, I want to like, I don't like the, uh, the abbreviated nature of it and that you can't like some, you know, if a guy in the crowd says something on TV, you just have to like do your five minutes. I don't like that. I want to be yeah. able to, someone says something. I want to like, let's, let's pause this shit and talk to this guy. I want it to be like a, more organic. So I don't think I'm going to do any short sets on TV anymore. I don't, I don't think I like it. Well, I agree. And that that's why I feel, I think podcasts are eventually, if they haven't already, I think that they're going to replace the late night guests because I feel 45 minutes to an hour, you could actually get to know the artist, whoever, totally. you know, compared yeah. to five minutes and you're like, Oh, this guy's just promoting a movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think it makes it more likable if you know who they are a little. Dude, completely. And like this Gutfeld show I do, you're on for the whole hour and they come to you five times. There's five blocks, five stories. You have a joke for each one. And on that show, it's come out that I'm from Alaska. I'm divorced. I am, you know, I always make jokes that I suck on stage. It's like become this character that I, that I kind of do. Um, sometimes not even a character and I actually suck, but it's like become this thing that people like know me from. And I, I can't even tell you, man, like even compared to when I did the real Rob show on Netflix, the people that come out to my shows now, it's getting, I've never had this happen. Like where a lot of people come see me do comedy. It's 
crazy. And like, like this old dude came up to me last night and he goes, I know this is going to sound weird, but I just want to tell you something. And he goes, I feel like you and I are friends. He goes, I feel like I know you. And he goes, I know we don't know each other. And he's like, but you're like on TV hanging out. Like, I guess what I'm saying is like, you're so right about the podcast and this show I do is almost in between like the five minute late night set and the podcast. It's like really hanging out, talking about yourself, sharing your views on things. And I think it's, it really connects with people more than, you know, I did a ton of late night sets. I probably did 11 late night sets. No one's ever come to my show and gone. I saw you on the tonight show. So I came to your show. I mean, like maybe two people, but this thing where they really get to know you, it's, it's, it's wild. I, I just absolutely love it that they, and then they come see you and they already know the context of your life and you don't have to prove you're funny. They already like, think you're funny. Yeah. Relax a little bit and tell more, you know, you don't have to worry about coming right out of the gate. So people don't, mm -hmm. you know, people think you're funny. It's really interesting. Well, see, I feel that's the worst. Like when you, you know, when you're doing, you know, cause you're, you're a headline, you know, you're a headliner. I'm just a feature headliner. Mm. Like I could headline if I have to, but I, I usually just feature. So like, I, I'm always under the pressure where I feel I either have to be funny or if I'm not funny, the headliner has it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, what you mean. so I, I don't know how that, that translates, but I feel like that's why where it's like, I don't think I would ever want to do, even though it's my dream to do a late night set, I don't think I would be happy doing it. Right. Yeah. And it's good to have your, it's good to not just do things because that's what everybody does. Yeah. It's good to not, like, I mean, I had friends tell me I almost didn't do stand up on that show last week. And I had friends that were like, you're crazy, dude. Like it's a late night spot. It's the show's beating Fallon and Kimmel. Like, why wouldn't you do stand up again? And I was like, I don't know, just cause I don't feel like it. Like you said, I don't want to, I want to feel awesome at the end of whatever I do. Yeah. I want, I don't want to be nervous or have it come across wrong. And dude, I open for Schneider still um, for Rob Schneider sometimes. And I totally get that opener thing. It's yeah. really interesting. But man, do you learn how to be a good comic from that? Because there are times when I am on stage and I can see people looking at their watches, waiting for when Rob Schneider is going to come up there because he's the reason they're there. And we do a two man show. And so sometimes I'm doing like 35 minutes, right? Long ass time to wait for, you Rob know, Schneider. like say you go see, yeah, you buy tickets to go see Avatar and then they play some other shitty movie for 25 minutes <laughs> or you get to see your movie. But you really, it's a good learning experience. Like it makes you, it makes you bulletproof. Does Rob ever play tricks on you? Like, uh, like if you bring him up, like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, make it loud for Rob Schneider. And then like, he just doesn't show up for 10 minutes. So he wouldn't do that on purpose, but I was on stage once in Atlantic City at the Borgata Casino. Yeah. And um, they told me to do 30 minutes. They go, we're going to give you a bright red light. And then we're going to, uh, that'll mean you can wrap it up. Okay. I just met Rob. I was very nervous. And I went up and I did my thing. I was going pretty good. And um, I get a red light. I go, they didn't tell me how long I was doing. I, they just said, so I was nervous. So they give me, a, I see a red light. I go, and I go, okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> there's just nobody there and i'm like rob schneider and so i kind of walk off to the side and the stage manager goes um yeah rob's he's i think he was like in the, he's on the phone or something he's like you gotta do like 10 i'm like the fuck is going on like why did they give me that and so i do 10 more minutes i wait till rob comes out i introduce him dude some lady was setting up a video camera and she pressed the wrong button and it just flashed a red light those people shouldn't even work there right <laughs> This lady gave me a light that didn't even work. She was just like videotaping. Her friend was doing a thing and she was setting, she was just trying to say, and you know, you press like the demo mode and it like goes through. It just like flashed your red light. And I was like, that's my time, everybody. And it wasn't related to me at all. And it totally fucks you over because I mean, accidents do happen given to, you know, her defense. It might've been an accident, yeah. but I've been on so many shows where they, it seems like, okay, Hey, you're doing 25. The light you at 20. Cause they want you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like, what the fuck? Just tell me to do yeah. twenty. <laughs> right. yeah. I do not like. If you want me to do an hour, I'm good. Right. But if you were to say, do a half hour, and then when I was at twenty five minutes, you said, hey, give us another thirty five minutes, I would go. No, I can't. Like I, I need to know <laughs> before I go up what we're doing. I can't. Yeah. I don't like the stretch. I need to know that I have to have a plan going in. Stretch is like the worst fucking 
thing because when I filmed my hour special, I only had 45 minutes of good material. So I like I could do crowd work and stuff for an hour. And then the director is like, hey, I want you to do an hour, 10 minutes so you could stretch. And I was like, why? He's like, because I need stuff to cut. I was like, but then that's just that just threw me off because it's like, yeah, it's just wasting my time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just want to do a good special. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't need to put. Laughy. Yeah, I don't need to put ten minutes of knock knock jokes in there. <laughs> right. I there's this I forgot who the comic was, but he would. This, it, oh, I remembered, but I'm not going to say his name. He sticks to his contract. Yeah. Like he's supposed to do 45 minutes. That's what he's doing. I, I'm not good at that. Like if they go, we need you to do, I'm like, all right, this guy like is a real good businessman. And um, he was on stage once at the Hartford Funny Bone or Improv, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I guess this guy was like in the back of the room and he was like, he gave him like the stretch sign, you know? And the guy was like, no, nope. he said, no. He just said no to the stretch sign. <laughs> and the guy goes, the waitresses aren't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, not my problem. <laughs> not my problem i do 45 minutes and he finished up his set and it was fine they just passed out the, you know people were there for an extra 10 minutes yeah i admire guys that have like i just want everyone to be happy and i will make myself unhappy to make sure ever and i just really admire guys that go like no nah, i'm not stretching that's not well, happening one of the bad things about uh opening for norm is like that's another thing you and i have in common because like uh you know we you bring up schneider a lot i bring up norm a lot but that they're part of us, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. so it, it's part of our career. But uh, so one of the bad things about opening up for Norm is like there will be times where Norm, just to fuck with people, he'll do like two hours on the seven o'clock show. Like literally. And then so like so that so the seven o'clock show ends at like 1050, you know what I mean? And then he'd be like, he'd be like, man, I feel bad for the 10 o'clock show. And you're like, why? He's like, because those fuckers aren't getting out till three. <laughs> you're like, wow. Oh, amazing. <laughs> He's a legend, man. Legend. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, um, what what's like the advice you have from, because, you know, you're no longer an opener anymore, but you still feature for Rob. What's the advice you have from featuring to jump to make that jump from featuring the headline? Oh man, I would say it's okay to um, headline. I would just be careful like where you choose to, there's a lot of clubs where you could just go ahead and headline and there's not a lot of risk for anybody. You know, like maybe you work like the side room in a town that has an improv, but there's like a, a weekend room. I'm a big believer in just, just doing it like, if I waited until I was ready to headline, I would never headline. Okay. Like, I think you kind of at some point have to throw yourself in there. And it's almost one of those things where the market will tell you what to do. Like the market will tell you, like you're featuring and headliners don't want to go after you and they don't want to hire you anymore because you're doing too good. And right. they can't. And so then the club will go, Hey, next time you should headline. Like it almost, it almost kind of happens organically did you guys hear that beep that was me getting a text message i think that was from rob <laughs> i don't know how to turn it off or i would I'll, I'll it's fine i totally get it okay. um but yeah man i would just say you know that i think there's like no rush and at every at every stage i tried to get like almost like as good as i could possibly get at that position where every club i went to would go oh my god dude you're like the best feature we've ever had like I always want to be like one of the best you got, you you know, and I didn't want to headline until I didn't want to just do it to say I was a headliner. I wanted to like, make sure I was really ready, but I got, but I mean, we all at some point get your first headlining thing and you're like, Holy shit. Like I am not ready for this, but if you remember that, yeah, it's like scary. The first couple times you do it, you're like, fuck crazy, but you have to make that jump. And I think I did a lot of learn. I did the tonight show one in 2001 when I only had, 25 minutes of material and they started booking me to headline like kind of like weekend rooms or even like some one-nighters or whatever where I could you know learn on the job I didn't think there's nothing wrong with that I say like if they if a club wants you to headline I say you don't hold yourself back and go for it and get uncomfortable and do it and you know I just did it I just went from because I was a headliner then I went to an opener for Rob I like went back 
back to being an opener. And then now that I'm back on the road, it's interesting because when people come to see your show, as opposed to you're just like the headliner that week, yeah. when they're like, oh, they're coming paying just for you. Now you do an hour. Like when I headlined before, it was 45 minutes. And so the new thing for me is like, oh, wow, I'm, I do an hour now. Which is, a, which is a lot more than, it's like significantly more than 45. It's not just 15 minutes. It's like a whole different thing. And so I say, I say just get uncomfortable. And if somebody, you know, I, and I also think that you really start, like when I have guys open for me and they just like, are, I go, dude, you have to ha stop doing this. To You're too good. You know, like you got a headline, man. Like I think you start hearing from everybody. Yeah. You move up. Well, I had two more questions for you. Do we have enough time for that? Yeah, man. Because I think Alan has one more too. Alan, you want to you want to answer your ask yours first? I I just you know me I, I have stuff rolling around it and uh, you know the Alaska deal uh, it's like a frontier Alaska. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, you know where the miners and the, and the forty you know the forty nine deal and everything. Do you feel like that frontier spirit uh, has been embedded itself in you uh when you're living there yeah you know what man it's <laughs> it's the most inconvenient <laughs> like career-wise it couldn't possibly be more inconvenient right like it's as far away as you can possibly get from comedy from like the show i do in new york city all yeah. that just sucks right yeah but what you just said it really rings true like it's the greatest it's the greatest people it's like real people and what's fun is too like they don't give a shit who i am right like they don't care like there's a couple people that go like oh you're on that show it's just like these normal people and i think i think i love that i don't live in la or new york i think i love it and my kids go to like a normal oh nice school with not a lot of people and like dude and it's tough people when you're um when you're a kid in alaska yeah it has to be below 20 degrees below zero to not make them go outside for recess. Wow. <laughs> so at 19 below, your kid still goes outside. So it makes these tough dudes. And yeah, people, there's a lot of pride. I think a lot of Alaskans have, pride. I don't know if I count myself. I feel like I'm just like a bit of an outsider. I don't, I don't like hunt or, you know, I don't fish or, you know, I don't do a lot of the guy stuff. So I feel a bit like a poser sometimes. But, uh, but I do love it. I do love the energy there. Absolutely. So basically, you just stay in your igloo and write jokes. The eagle material came out <laughs> so quickly. You do see some bald eagles, man. There's some, it's pretty wild. You do, you do see a lot of cool shit there. Yeah. Um, I, want, I wanted to ask you, uh, well, this is a question that isn't what I want to ask you, but do you feel like you're the biggest celebrity in Alaska? Like, it's possible. It's possible. It's a, yeah. I will say it's a small pond. Uh. It's a small pond to be the big fishing. But uh, it's it's like being, yeah, it is like a small, I'm trying to think if there's anybody who, uh, yeah, people are like, close. They don't even attempt to like do, you know, like nobody gives a shit. They're, dude, they don't want you to know who they are so much so they wear camouflage. They didn't want to be, you know, <laughs> and, um, but it's getting, it's getting there, man. It's getting to where like I, uh, like I'm a, I don't dress very nicely. I dress like very casually, but it has gotten to where I'm like, all right, I probably shouldn't wear those sweatpants with the stain near my dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people are, might know who I, like I, I started like doing a little more self-care before yeah. I leave the house, you know, maybe. I, yeah. So <laughs> might be. Uh, I might I want... be the number one comedian in Fairbanks, Alaska. <laughs> Could be good. Uh -huh. I wanted to ask you, like, when you when you uh, hire openers for you and stuff, like, do you when you when you search for that, uh, do you look at people who reflect on how you were when you're starting out, like, you Ooh. know what's going up like that, or do you pick someone completely opposite from you? It's an interesting question. I'm dealing with this right now, actually, because I have a couple of openers that I love and they're friends of mine, and um, a lot of times I pick openers I'm doing projects with. So if we're working on a script. I like to have a guy that's going to make me get up and work on shit. I have a lot of trouble being on the road, like alone mentally, like right. a lot of trouble. And so very lonely too. Oh dude, it's, it's really tough. Sometimes it's, it's, I have a hard time. And so sometimes I bring people with me that I know will help me mentally and go like, dude, we're going for a walk. We're going to work on this thing. Like get out of your room. So I have a couple of guys that are like really good at that. But what's funny is they, both my guys 
couldn't work uh, the last two weekends. They were both busy. And so the last two weeks I've had female openers and damn, man, it's pretty nice. Like they're so different than me. I, it really made me realize like, wow, I love my buddies, but we do talk similarly because we're from the same area. Some of the jokes we do, we're both married guys with, but like we do hit on the same stuff and I'm watching these girls and I'm like, wow, holy shit. Like it's so different that, uh, I might have to fire my friends, I guess is what I'm saying. And oh my uh, I think I like that. I like the differentness. Right. I, I really feel like I get out there and I go, wow, all, none of my punch, like nothing I'm going to say is going to be similar to what this, this girl just did. I work with two of the funniest girls, man. Um, Kelly, Kelly Colette is one of them out of, uh, out of Cincinnati. And this girl, Janelle, I don't know her last name, but she's Janelle jokes on Instagram. Just right. for man. Just like real, uh, just killer. So I guess I kind of like, oh, and I got this other guy. I feel like an asshole. His name's Simon. Um, he's opening for me too in Ontario. It's like two, it's a three person show. And he's very different than me. He's doing like these music things and like he's really loud and like, I love that too. So to answer your question, if you had asked me five days ago, I would have said I, I bring my friends that keep me mentally stable and are kind of similar to me. But as of this weekend, I, I think it might work better if everybody's a little bit different. Well, if I would have asked you five days ago and I didn't have surgery, I would have said, hey, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, so um, so you, did you work with Norm? Did he do any clubs or was he just straight up theaters like when you were opening for him or did you do both? We, or? we did mostly clubs. He didn't, he didn't like doing theaters. Oh, okay. I, hear, I mean, I hear completely. so. And uh, then. What, what did you guys, I, dude, I, we got to do another podcast where I just ask you about Norm. What did you guys do during the day? Is he the kind of guy where he, you wouldn't see him until showtime? Or was it like, hey, tomorrow we're going to go do stuff? It depends on the city. If you, if you talk about Vegas, Norm would literally be at the, the poker table for 20 hours. And I remember one time, like, I'm stalling on stage. I was like, he's at the po he's at the poker table. Is at South Point? You guys gotta go. Oh my you know? God. So like, you couldn't get him away from poker. Wow. And then like, um, you know, if if we did like New York or you know something like that, you know, he he liked going to movies and stuff. Oh, that's cool. You know, so and then other than that, it was just sitting in the in the hotel room and just writing. You know, he he kept saying that he's like, we gotta write for my new show, and the show would never come. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah, but he would have you over. He would go, I want you here. Let's write yeah. some stuff. That's so cool, man. Like we wrote, we wrote for the podcast and like, that was, I thought the hardest job I ever had because I'm competing with other writers. And like my relationship with Norm was so unique and special. I don't know how his relationship with the other writers were. So I can't speak on that, but like he got the jokes that I was pitching and the other writers mm -hmm. didn't, you know what I mean? Yes, completely. So it was, it was like, kind of like, I'm trying to impress these writers when, if I just text to Norm, Norm will put it on the show. So why am I going through you fuckers? You know I what know. I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I've had that exact experience. Yeah. Times, like where you're hired on a staff and like the star of the show is my guy. <laughs> and they're, and you're like, guys, I, I promise you, just tell them my thing or I'll, I'll send it to them myself, you know? Yeah. So when you wrote for the podcast, so was the pot... Was was the um was there a podcast and a YouTube show and a Netflix show or was the podcast the same as the YouTube show? The podcast was the same thing as a YouTube show, and okay. then when we went on the Netflix show, we technically it was the same thing, but we moved moved it to a Netflix show. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like the guidelines were still yeah. technical, the same how to write. Like that's how he wanted it written, just gotcha. like the podcast. Dude, do you remember when um, when I was on an airplane? I, I I booked a late a late flight. I had a middle seat in an airplane, and I was watching Norm interview Drew Barrymore, either on uh, the YouTube show or the Netflix show. And she said, "It was a Netflix show. He, yeah. It was about the cocaine. Like he's like, do you miss cocaine?" Yeah. And then, then she he said something about like, "What's your life purpose or whatever?" And she said, "When I die." I'll probably butcher this, but she goes, when I die, I want my friends to gather around and say that I did something special and that I contributed this to the, you know, to the world. 
And Norm said, when I die, I want my friends to gather around me and bring me the fuck back to life. <laughs> we tried doing that. It might be the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life that yeah. anyone ever said. And I was in this middle seat and I just remember like just shaking, laughing. And I had to tell the two people, I go, they were like, what are you watching? And I had to explain to them, I'm like, holy shit, man. I go, this guy just said the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I told the people sitting next to me because I was like losing my mind laughing. So I'll, I'll tell you this story before I ask my last question. So one time we, we had Spade on mm -hmm. and Norm was interviewing Spade. And then uh, so it was some stupid, you know, question about uh, star search or something like that. And so Norm was like, no, it was about getting into the comedy store of Mitzi's store. And then, like, right after five minutes of it, Norm was like, ah, fuck, they didn't record it. Can you say it again? The exact same way. And Spade's like, wait, are you serious? He's like, yeah, man, like, I'm sorry. So Spade's like, okay, so he did it again, right? And then Norm's like, fuck, they didn't record that one, too. So he made him do it, like, three times, and he's like, ah, oh, I was just kidding, we got it the first time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought Spade was going to murder him. <laughs> that is so funny. Holy shit. Like, that's how much of a genius he was. Because, like, he didn't he didn't care about being a talk show host. He just wanted to make people laugh. You know right. what I mean? Dude, so, that, like, is so, that is so funny. Uh, oh, my God. So, my last question for you, Jamie, is this. How, how do you uh, go when you're writing bits with your children? Does it like, because you, do you feel like maybe if you say certain stuff, it might hurt their feelings or do you like sugarcoat it? Damn it, man. That's a great question. I just did. Um, I did this joke for a little bit about uh, where I said, like, I have three kids and sometimes people will ask me, do you have a favorite kid? And then I go like, and you know, parents, you guys know you're not supposed to have like a favorite kid. And I go, but you know, I do have one. And I go, I'll just tell you, it's my neighbor's kid. Yeah. And, um, it's a great job. What's funny is when they became, it happened really quickly, but when they became like where they could like watch me on TV, it just hit me all at once that like, Oh my God, I got to talk to them about this yeah. and make sure they know it's a joke. But I don't try to think of what I have in my act that like they really, really get my sense of humor like no one on earth. I mean, like nobody else. Like my my little guy isn't quite there yet, but like my 13-year-old son and my 11-year-old daughter, they like really, really, really get my humor. And so I don't know if anything, they would go like, oh, why would he? Like, what? I think they just get like that it's all kind of like making jokes, things like that. I would definitely worry though. Yeah. So I know a comedian who went on stage and said like, uh, my daughter graduated first in her class in rehab or something and um and then his daughter like saw it online or something and it like didn't even occur to him he was just like writing a joke sometimes we just write jokes you're not trying to turn your feelings spelling, yeah. and then when it when it came he was like oh my god i'm so sorry like why would I? it just occurred to me i was on stage and i said it i, I didn't plan it out and then so you do have to be careful yeah but I, I would definitely worry about that not as much before i had kids or when they were really young i didn't get it now I really get it. They are my priority over it. Just like almost nothing else matters. Besides your kids. Do you have any kids, Keith? No, I don't. But the reason why I asked that is because I did a different podcast where the other guests, you know, like I was one of the other guests. This other guest was just talking about his kids and he was saying like his 17 uh, year old daughter's like the biggest slut in the world. You know what I mean? And he's trying to be funny. And I just looked at him. I was like, do you really look at your daughter like that? Because I, yeah. I mean, that's great that she's a slut and all, but like, right. Like, yeah, that's, that would be, that's kind of over, you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. Yeah, so kind of, yeah, I don't even like when guys are like, uh, my son's stupid. He's the dumbest motherfucker. I'm just like, I don't know guys. Like someday yeah. in this world we live in someday, it's going to be available online when they're older and they're going to have friends and they're, I care so much about that stuff, but I will admit, I don't, I didn't get a lot of this when I was younger. 
I used to drink a lot and I just wanted to make people laugh and make my community friends laugh. And I said some stuff that I would be so embarrassed if somebody was able, thank God there was no like YouTube and, and cameras. Shit. Yeah, and shit, nothing, yeah. nothing horrible. But I remember we would just go for the laughs and stuff like that is so important to me, man. My God, that would kill me if my, if one of my kids ever said like, ah, oh, it hurts my feel. I would quit comment. I mean, I would, I would quit. I would stop. I mean, I, it's like, it's that important to me. Especially since like we live in a whole world where like anti-bullying, where like it could be considered as bullying. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. So yeah, dude. But, have, have some kids though, man. I, I couldn't recommend that more. It's really great. First, I gotta find a lady friend. I don't even think it's that sad important. Oh really? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if it comes up, if it comes up, I could not recommend uh, to everybody. It's the craziest thing in the world. It's like um, it's like uh. It's like, it would be like if like there's a color in your crayon box and you like didn't know it existed so you don't miss it. But it would be like if somebody said like, yeah, we're going to take blue away. You'd be like, fucking blue. I love blue. You know, like it like creates this thing in your life that you didn't know about before it happened. And it's like, uh, it just we just got a Twitter question. Was blue the color or the bear? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, you guys have a great podcast, by the way. I saw Keith Allen. I, I listened to a couple episodes before I came on, and uh, oh, you guys got a real, real good vibe. I was psyched to do it. Thank you. Oh. Well, Jamie, where can the folks at home follow you and support you? Uh, so my address is 190. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Eagle Boulevard. You're right, dude. I could give my address and no one would come over. I could give you my exact address. We'd be like, that's, I can't. Except for our crazy Alaska stalker fans. Right, that's true. Uh, so I, I do a lot of Instagram, dude, real quick. I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Jamie underscore Lissa. I wanted to make it really difficult to find. And then on, um, Instagram, I'm at, I am Jamie Lissa. My Twitter got hacked. I was verified. I had like a hundred thousand nice people following me. It got hacked by this brilliant hacker. He was a crypt. There's a crypto guy named Jamie something, right? This guy's name. And I don't know his last name. This guy hacks my account. I'm on an airplane. I get a message. Someone's trying to log into your account. I can't make it stop because I'm on an airplane and the Wi-Fi is not working correctly. Wow. I'm like, oh my God. He gets a hold of my account. He puts a picture of him of the crypto guy. Guy's name is Jamie. It's actually Jamie. So he impersonates this guy. I'm verified. He steals all this money from people. Oh my God. He steals all this money. They think it's really him. It'd be like if Elon Musk said, yeah. you invest in and you're like, wow, it's verified. This is the guy. He stole all this money. And then I got, it was terrible. When I landed, it got taken care of. But in that three hours, it was, I feel so bad because I could see the DMs from people like, is this really not you? And so I lost all my Twitter followers. So I joined Twitter uh, oh, like two weeks ago. But, is that um, why Rob unfollowed you? Rob, ha Rob is <laughs> not following me on Twitter right now. No one follows me. But I'm I follow you. I love you. Oh, thank you, man. But I'm climbing back up. I just got to 4,000 followers you. and I'm, I'm psyched. So it's kind of a fun experiment, but I'm so sorry to everyone that uh, was was uh, robbed because that guy, I did everything I could. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for doing my podcast. And like I said, you are my new favorite comic, and it really meant a lot to me to That's talk. All right, dude. Hell yeah. Where do you live? Uh, Orange County. All right, man. Well, if I, what's your closest improv? Is it like Brea? Uh, Irvine. I mean, Ontario is only an hour away. I was actually going to go this weekend to support you, but I had surgery, so I can't walk. Oh, shit, dude. Hey, man, I'm sure I'm going to put Irvine in the books. Okay. Ontario could not have gone better with ticket sales and shows. So I feel like Irvine will be up and we'll get you. We'll get you out there, man. I'll have you come out. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, a lot to me. Man. Hell yeah. All right, Jamie. Well, have a great day and have a great show tonight, pal. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Good to chat with you. All right. All right. That was the show. Subscribe, rate, review. Alan, did you have fun? I had a great time. He was... Uh... Boy, I tell you, um, we, we have people, and they like us, and we like them, and uh, he was wonderful. Yeah, I, I he was great. So, yeah, I, uh, uh, the, these interviews, I feel, are, are the ones that really matter because I feel they make me a better comic, you know what I mean? Me too. So. Me too. Me too. I get, I, I, as I've told you, if you wanted to have your own comedy school, this would be it. Comedy store with Keith and Al. <laughs> today's today's teacher, Jamie Lysol, he's gonna yeah. talk teacher. to you about the comedy. Guest teacher. Uh, uh, guest teacher.
Next week's guest teacher, Tommy Chung. He's going to talk to you about smoking that marijuana. And the next special guest teacher will be Andy Dick. He's going to talk to you about getting arrested and fucking denying what you do. I may even talk about Dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alan, I love you, buddy. Have a good day. I'm going to get, gonna get some rest, and I'll talk to you later. Beautiful. Peace right, out. Bye. bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, write, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.